Welcome to Bolts of the Roundtable. Here is your host, Terry Bonadonna. Yes, indeed. This is our first episode of 2018 of Bolts of the Roundtable, our podcast that we're going to be trying to work throughout this season. Terry Bonadonna here as your host once again, and I'm joined by three Thunderbolts, one who's been here before and a couple of new guys. Blair Beck is the first man I'll introduce. Blair, the co-host of Bolts of the Roundtable. Thanks for being here, Blair. It's good to be back for 2018, another session of Bolts of the Roundtable. And a couple of new guys who are not only new to Bolts of the Roundtable, but uh, new to the Thunderbolts as well. Tyler Straub, infielder, DH. Tyler, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, playing for the Thunderbolts is really fun, and I'm really happy to be here. And to Tyler's left and my right, because this is a round table, so we're not just staring across <laughs> at each other, uh, the closer of the Thunderbolts, Devin Rafferty. Thanks for stopping by, Devin. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be up here talking to you guys. I'm going to focus on the two guys, the, the two latter guys first, because we talked to Blair about this before, but uh, just to introduce you guys to some new fans, because a lot of Thunderbolt fans probably haven't seen you out there too much yet, and haven't been out to too many games or haven't heard you in interviews yet. So uh, let me just ask, I'll start with you, I guess, Tyler. Uh, talk about your journey to get to the Thunderbolts. What brought you here? So um, before this, I played for the Kansas City Royals uh, for the last two years, and then unfortunately things didn't pan out. Um, Got released the second to last day of spring training. So I was talking to Blair. Uh, we lived together this offseason and said he played for Windy City. Uh, got in contact with Biga and um, just a couple phone calls and made something happen. So I'm real happy to be up here. Um, I'm enjoying my time so far. Devin, I'll, I'll turn that same question on to you. Um, well, first I started off uh, with the Houston Astros for about two years before this. Uh, obviously, business is business. Didn't really work out during the offseason. Um, was actually training down in South Florida in Davie, Fort Lauderdale with a good friend of mine, Westcott, who I played college ball with before uh, affiliated ball. Um, there were a couple other teams from this league that were trying to get in touch with me and trying to get me here. And then um, Westcott uh, told me to expect a call from, from Biga. And when Biga called me, it kind of just hit the nail on the head because Westcott's a guy that I really trust, you know, being pitching guys. And then uh, Biga just kind of hit the uh, nail on the head and Worked out perfectly and came here. All three of you guys at some point in your careers played affiliated ball. What's that first thought to yourself? When you get released, are you immediately thinking, okay, what's the next step? How do I keep the career going? Or do you have to take a few steps back, kind of reevaluate things, and then see where you go from there? Um, I actually, uh, whenever I got released, I, I was pretty blindsided by everything. So um, right away, you're kind of in shock. You wish you would have said a couple more things in your meeting, but um, I, I knew right away I wanted to continue my playing career. I feel like I worked really hard in the off season and I had uh, some some stuff to prove to myself and to everyone else. So I knew I was going to play right away. It's just a matter of where. Yeah, I say the same thing. It was more of a uh, coming off of like a, a you know good numbers and stuff like that. Kind of just blindsided. Even in the off season, I mean, you don't really expect that phone call when you're putting up decent numbers and have good relationships with organizations. Um, but business is business. But for me, I took a few steps back. I took, you know, some time to enjoy some family time, you know, go and visit some vacation, uh, vacation areas with the family and stuff like that. I had a niece recently. So it was kind of good to like step back from the game for about a month or two and like not worry about, you know, being on a strict roll and trying to eat well and trying to train 24 seven, constantly throwing. Um, but, I think that time away just kind of like showed me like, you know, you need to appreciate the game a little bit more and actually enjoy it and have fun because it can get cut short whenever. But uh, I definitely think that was like a knock me down situation. But 
when you get knocked down, you obviously want to get back up. So I kind of wanted to keep playing. And then once me and Biga talked, I was like, okay, I want to go out on my own terms. So I'm definitely going to keep playing for sure. So I imagine playing for an affiliated team, the organizations are not always fully open with you. Did any of you ever get a, a full reason for your release or was it just, you know, thanks for your service, uh, good luck in the future? <laughs> uh, well, I wish. For, for me, when I got released, I, uh, they brought me in and they were like, you know, they kind of beat around the bush sometimes, which is, I don't think, the correct way to go about it. But yeah. at the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, but they were just, they would say stuff like, you know, we got a lot of young guys that we're trying to move up. And, you know, the last thing we want to do is send you to extend it again and this, that, and the other. And the last thing they said to me uh, in my, when I got fired is a, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Fired. Is uh, they go, Blair, we want you to know that, you know, this has nothing to do with the effort or amount of work you put in. And I wanted to look at him and say, yeah, no, I know. It has nothing to do with that. Can't take that away from me. It has everything to do with money. Yeah. It's what it's about. It's if they don't invest in you. Yeah, you on know, the bottom of the list. Yeah. yeah. And you got to do something special when you're in that kind of situation. Like if you're a free agent sign where you only get $1,000, you don't have time to get hurt. Yep. If you anything goes wrong, you're toast. So you got to battle through and – that's kind of a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, they'll being a senior guy, senior sign, they'll move you up quick to get you to fail because they know, like, the higher you move up, you're going to fail. But if you succeed, you know, you'll keep getting opportunity after opportunity. But Or you'll be a guy that plays every third day and they expect you to do well. Yeah. And Organizational then, guy. Yeah. Stuff. But Is that frustrating at all? I mean, I'm sure all of you have played with – high draft picks over the years. Do you ever look at a guy and say, that guy is not as good as me, he's not working as hard as me, but they've got more money invested in him, and so I know he's just higher on the, on the list than I am? Um, it's more of a ceiling thing, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like to take anything away from anybody because at some point in time, somebody liked what they had, you know what I mean? But, uh, I mean, there's definitely guys that you question, like, how, you know, how did this happen, you know? Because you've played, I mean, you guys have played with guys that, never got a shot that guarantee you've seen play better than some of the guys in organizational ball. Well, it's one of those things where, like, you look at them and you're like, how? Yeah, what? Yeah, what's like, going on here? It comes down like, to, like, they, opportunity, I think. Um, yeah. Obviously, the higher money guys are going to catch every break they can. Yeah. Uh, they can hit 110 in 190 at-bats, and they're going to go up. Uh, they don't ever want those guys to lose their confidence, and they're just going to keep bumping them up to, to see – you know how they do so they're gonna get the more luck the the luck the opportunity you know you got guys who are putting in work like yeah. you know and by no means are we bashing any organizations right yeah, now no, no I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, it's an organizational way i mean all of baseball I yeah, well, for, we all, for the we listeners i don't want them the to think, think that we're yeah, no. you know, yeah. saying how bad organizations are but it's business yeah you know, it comes it is, down it's, to it's it it's, it's, it's business yeah you gotta be like this is a man's game and uh, at the end of the day, you can't go in and, you know, get your feelings hurt because they want to go with a guy that, you know, maybe they can't admit that they were, hey, we messed up right here giving this guy $2 million when we yeah, know that exactly. this guy we gave $1,000 to is better. But it would look really bad on our part yeah. if we release a guy that we signed for $2 million. I mean, at the end of the day. Like they're going to lose their job. Yeah, it's the organization versus your name. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to put their name on the line you know, against yours, it's 
And that guy got two mil. We're going to invest on him and give him as much opportunity as he can. So and being a guy like that, you got to have somebody up in the you know front office or somebody that you know really makes decisions like you. Yeah. Because if you don't have somebody in your corner, it's tough. It's really tough. You got to catch some catch some breaks. One verse is what five hundred people, including yeah. staff and everything. Basically, that's what people used to say. It's a it's a free for all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it, I think sometimes. People who are outside the game of baseball look at a minor league system and they go to a double A game and say, all of these guys are going to be in the majors someday. Just that's the way they perceive it. And in reality, it's almost more luck than anything making it to the majors. Yeah, you have to be really good. Yeah, you have to work really hard. But there just aren't that many opportunities. There's guys who put up numbers every year, year in and year out in double AA, A, triple A, but the guy who ahead of them hasn't got hurt yet. I played with a guy in spring training. We actually got released together. Um, he's from Texas, a kid named Hunter Lockwood. And he hit 33 homers in three years. And he got released strictly because he didn't have a primary position. Yeah. And if you think about it, people that get paid in this game, unless you're, you know, a Justin Verlander or somebody that brings, you know, something to the table with four pitches that they can command and throw in any count, you got to be able to hit. Yeah. And hit homers and – you know, OPS is, you know, something that really matters now. So if you don't have that. Well, you bring up an interesting point when you talk about a guy who maybe doesn't have a primary position. And then you see guys get released like you three and come to a fill, uh, to independent ball. And when you're playing an independent ball, it's not about player development anymore. It's about the managers trying to field a team that is going to win them games. Mm-hmm. And for instance, the manager of the Thunderbolts, Ron Biga, is somebody who I've known for a long time who has loved versatility and his players. He's not looking for necessarily somebody with a true position. He's looking for a pitcher who can fill different roles, who can be a starter and a reliever, or a, a, a hitter who can play different positions on the infield, or maybe infield and outfield. So how does how does that change for you mentally when everybody here is working to get back to affiliated ball, or in some cases to affiliated ball for the first time, but the goals of the independent teams and the goals of the affiliated organizations are not always the same? Well, being a versatile guy myself, um, and I know, you know, Straub can play many positions and, you know, Devin, I feel like could start if he wanted to, um, being an independent ball guy, affiliated teams are looking for guys that can fill a position, you know, guy goes down, Hey, we need a guy now. Yeah. And they come look at the independent ball teams and, uh, you know, for a guy that, you know, maybe hitting 350 and hitting homers, oh, he's a first baseman. Well, no, he's not. He played first last night, but really he gets thrown in, you know, third base. He can catch a little bit. He obviously hasn't caught yet. Or he can play short, second, center. He can do it all. I think those guys are uh, very valuable to a team. I'm not just saying that because I play a lot of positions, but if you think about it, a guy can play shortstop, um, second base, third first and give a guy an off day and also having a versatile guy on the team it allows you to add another pitcher to the bullpen Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's pretty big in the long run whenever it comes down to it i like having versatile guys on the team because i feel like the team's smarter you play more positions you got to know a lot more about the game you got to know what every position has to do so those guys are more heads up you know not taking away anything from the guys who play a primary position but those guys are you know studying the game trying to get better at each position every single day Trying to find ways to get out quicker. I like versatile guys, yeah. man. I mean, that's uh, a, I do. I really do. I, that's a big heads up, like a big, big plus for having guys like that. On especially team. pitchers too. Like you have a guy that 
that knows he can be a closer or a relief guy. And he also, like, has had experience starting. He has three different mindsets. Yeah. And that can be to his advantage, especially facing, you know, some hitters in this league that are really good, like like a Larry Bockwell that, you know, has turned it around the past two years and yeah. now hits for power. You know, watching him – you're not you're not going to take the same approach as a pitcher coming in to close against Larry as you are as a starter, starter. where you have to like drag out. All right, at least did, three at bats. Yeah, at least three at bats yeah. first, and you're facing him one time, so you got to have your best stuff for that first at bat. Yeah. Whereas, like, as a starter, your you, first at bat you can nitpick and see like you got a little more room for error. Yeah, compared to you know a reliever or a close, especially in tight situations. So. Devin, you've always been a reliever, at least going back through college, which is as far back as, I, as I've traced your career. Mm. Uh, have, has there ever been opportunities for you to do other things? You've essentially been a closer for most of your career as well. Have you filled other roles? Yeah, uh, usually sometimes during summer ball. Um, I wouldn't throw as much, so I'd go get, like, you know, starts every once every week, five, six-inning start. Um, in high school, I started too, but back then I didn't really know how to pitch. Everybody pitched in high school and, you know, played the infield. Um, I think I've always been asked, you know, what I would like more if I'd like to start or close just because I've been able to, you know, go the distance and, you know, have a decent, decent mentality on the mound for a starter and um, just like the arm strength to maintain myself throughout the game while starting. But I like myself as a closer just because the way I like my thought process is as pitching, I kind of like, I just have like a bulldog mentality. Like I just like to go out there and here it is. If you're going to hit, you're going to hit it. If not, you know, see you tomorrow. Nice try. Do any of you guys have a, a pie-in-the-sky baseball dream of doing something else, whether it be a starting pitcher or uh, if you're a position player pitching or if you're a pitcher hitting or, or playing a different position? Have any of you ever thought about that? Where If, <laughs> yeah. if you're having fun, maybe in a blowout or, or st- if, if things are different, you would like to try something else? I, I, like- told, I told Biggie last year, I said, <laughs> I, wanna, I want one game where I can each inning play a different position. All nine in one game. Well, have you played every position with the Thunderbolts except for pitcher Pitcher. and shortstop? Uh, Yeah. Well, I played short in spring training, but um, yeah, I've played every position. You got to catch in a game last year in Traverse City. Did pretty good. Nobody ran on me. No, I thought thought you looked like a natural out there. I'd love to be a pitcher, honestly. Uh, If I could do it over, I would (laughs) devote all my time to pitching. I think uh, pitching is just like an awesome lifestyle. Coming to the yard every day and... Uh, being a starter would be awesome. Five days off, watch the game, and then come <laughs> so show up and charts. here's my stuff. But um, Foul poles wouldn't be very fun. Yeah. Yeah. The, the conditioning, all that stuff, it, it wouldn't be <laughs> nice. But um, being a pitcher would be pretty awesome. I, I got a taste of it last year, actually, in affiliated ball. Uh, you did get a couple innings, huh? One inning. Yeah, oh, nobody one. reached again. <laughs> one, not a couple. I one. one, two, three. Zero. Uh, nice. ERA, right? Coach told me to go in there and throw it as, as soft as I could right down the middle, and I was... 53 so uh one of the hitters actually looked at me and he he said some things to me he said how about you throw it a little harder and i said uh see ya you're walking back <laughs> yeah. and that was it. well i mean at this point now you probably don't want to pitch again because you've got a perfect era and you're in the baseball almanac the perfect era in professional yeah. baseball yeah it's it's pretty cool to look on milb and uh see i have an inning on the mound so <laughs> It pumped me up a little bit. Well, I would mean, just direct people to the ERA. You know, they don't need to look at the innings. Yeah, yeah. Me and Raph were talking about it in normal, and I was like, oh, man, I don't know what's better. Being a guy that, you know, to come to the yard, being a pitcher, yeah. and when the ball leaves your hand to know, like, 
nobody's going to touch your stuff that day or coming to the yard as a hitter and saying, I'm not getting out. I'm not getting out. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm hitting a homer this AB. You know, like. It's tough. It's tough. It, that's a, it's a tough question to ask. Yeah. Like some people are like, well, no doubt I'd rather have, you know, four for four with, you know, two bombs. But at the same time, you're like, all right, well, what if I'm carving these dudes and I have 15 strikeouts in yeah. a, you know. Big situation. Yeah. You know nobody's going to touch you. Yeah. You're going to look like Superman out there and on the mound. You're facing the best hitters in the league. And yeah. They got no, no prayer. Yeah. Uh, what is the most satisfying moment that you've ever had as, as a player for, for a game? Has there ever been a game for any of the three of you where you just felt that day you could do no wrong? Uh, yes. Yeah, my, I've had one of those. Uh, actually, the last <laughs> game of the season last year, um, we were playing the Dodgers. Uh, my dad came, and I was talking to him in the hotel before the game, and he goes, hey, man, I have a good feeling about today. I feel like you're going you're gonna to go five for six. And I was like, what? And uh, show up to the game, first at-bat, hit a double. Um, second at-bat, hit a two-run homer. Third at-bat, uh, single. And then I was um, just waiting on a triple for the cycle. <laughs> had a catcher in front of me on first base. I had an 18-pitch at-bat. Hit a ball to right center in the gap, for sure a triple. Uh, guy went back to tag from first and uh, ended up with a single. So, I don't know, just uh, sometimes you have those days where you just feel like, you know, nothing's stopping you. Like the baseball looks like a watermelon or whatever, but I'm sure yeah. you feel that way on the mound, you know? Yeah, I've had some times like that. Did you say 18 pitch at bat, Tyler? It was something like that. It was pretty ridiculous. I got I got tired. <laughs> I'm sure the pitcher did as well. Yeah. The catcher obviously got tired yeah. in front of you. Yeah. It's when the catcher's looking at you on in the box saying, hey, can you please hit something fair? Yeah, <laughs> I had one the last night, actually. I think I saw like 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't yeah. put one in. And that's fun, too, you know, seeing guys that when you know what that kind of zone feels like and then you watch guys get in that kind of zone. Like last night, Will Krug, mm-hmm. first three at bats, goes three for three and hits rockets. Seeds. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and for a guy like Will who, you know, wasn't a day one starter to come in and do something like that is you know special and makes like i walked up to him and you know smacked him on the rear and said dude keep it up yeah you admire guys like that he's fun to watch he plays hard every day and never complains always up to doing the same thing routine hard running before the game shagging balls you know picking up right field left field when they can't see the pop flies and stuff like that because of the sky um Always has a good attitude. Yeah, no matter what, man. That's a guy you love on the team. So, I'm sure it's it's important to have guys like that on the team, regardless of who it is, just because the the season is long. Uh, I'm sure it's hard to to keep up a positive attitude every day, especially when you're struggling or the team is struggling or, or whatever the case may be. How how hard is it to to keep your focus for 96 games in a year, and sometimes in in other leagues for more games in a season? Really difficult. And another thing, too, is, you know, for the listeners and, like, young kids that are, you know, may listen to this, you know, coaches say, you know, you need to be a, you know, rah-rah guy on the bench, like, root mm-hmm. on your teammates. You don't have to be that guy. Yeah. Like, that's hard to do. Nobody likes to come to the yard and have to, you know, fake energy. Although, you know, coaches like that and want to see that. But as long as you're not bringing your teammates down – like, people get it. You know, like, hey, he's not playing today. That sucks. But at the same time, as long as you're, you know, locked into the game and, you know, you can – if you're a competitor, you're not going to have a good attitude about not being out there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, some dude gets a, you know, big knock in, you know, the fourth inning, they go up by two runs, you know, get out there and give them some praise, you know? So that's my take on it. Devin, I'm going to go back to, to what we were talking about a minute ago, talking about just being in a zone at times. Has there been a day for, uh, for either the hitters out there as well, but I, I've always heard this more uh, with pitchers where there are some days where you feel terrible mm-hmm. in the bullpen when you're warming up to go in there. You feel like your stuff's not working, and you get in and you have the best game of your life. Do you ever know when you're about to have a good game, or does it sometimes catch you by surprise? Um, I wouldn't say it catches you by surprise, but there's days when you're throwing out there early where you're like, okay, like, you know, I'm confident in my stuff today. But uh, I think the hardest days for a pitcher is um, when you don't have your stuff, but you still got to go out there, tough situations, stuff like that, and you have to find a way to make it work. Like you got to find a way to be comfortable when you're uncomfortable. Then you surprise yourself. Yeah, then you surprise yourself and you realize, okay, all that work I've been putting in isn't for nothing because now it's starting to show a little bit. But uh, I definitely say there's times when pitchers definitely know like, okay, I'm on my stuff today. Like, you know, I'm going to go out there and deal. But um, most of the time for pitchers, you really don't know. Because you could feel horrible during stretch and throwing program just because it's still early, your body's not awake, or you're sore from the night before. But just enough rest between throwing program and the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning is more than enough time for your arm to recuperate and feel good. And then you go out there and you're like, I don't know, I haven't done anything different. Like, I just sat there and eat peanut butter and bananas in the clubhouse and like that's the magic you know what I mean it's it's always a hit or miss you never especially as a pitcher you never know because you're throwing constantly um there's a routine for pitchers some pitchers don't have routines so it's it's real up in the air kind of thing man I feel like the hitters have it too that's what what I think separates the good players from the great players is when they can go out and not they know that they don't have their best stuff that day but they find a way to get yeah. get it done or at least be competitive, whether that's, you know, you're going up to bat and you're grinding out an AB, you know, for eight plus pitches and you draw a walk. You know, you may not, you may not get your base hit to drive in that run, but you're putting pitches, you're getting that pitcher's pitch count up. And even for a pitcher, like, hey, I don't have my best stuff today. Like, oh, my changeup's not there. I don't really have feel for it. All right. Well, I'm gonna, you know, pick on the outside with my heater, and then maybe come in with a changeup or some or a slider. Just or for show, yeah. yeah just for you, show. Got, you got to at least show it, even if it's, you know, not there for you. And if you get guys that are swinging and missing at it, you know, and you're not, that's the day you're not confident. That gives you even more confidence yeah, for when exactly, you're yeah. actually yeah. on. So it's real up and down. Usually after a bad day, you know, better days come. So if that happens on a bad day, the better days. You know, say your changeup is your off pitch. You're like, yo, this changeup is nasty like the next week. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a real hit or miss with pitchers feeling, you know, if they're going to dominate that there. Now, especially, you know, especially with hitters too on the other team. I know you guys feel like that. A starter could be carving all game. A reliever come in hot, you know, with three saves in a row, and you guys could just mash them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it really, it just all plays to the pitcher and how hitters are hitting that day and stuff like that. So, because if you guys get carved all game or, like, another thing is carved all game, when that starter comes out, you guys are hungry for a new yeah, pitcher yeah, to get yeah. hits. So sometimes it doesn't even play into our end. So if we're feeling like crap that day, then it's it's not a really good night. So how does it feel as a closer? Maybe a starter just went eight dominant innings, and you're thinking to yourself, well, these hitters are thrilled to see me. <laughs> Whether or not they can hit me, they're thrilled to see me because I'm not the last guy. Um, 
it kind of gives me a confidence booster, especially for me, because I like being the underdog, you know, like, oh, look at this 5'9", you know, fluffy guy out there. Um, fluffy, that's good. Yeah, fluffy. Um, you worked hard on that body, though. Yeah, all, all 23 years of my life, man. You gotta get the body man. where it wants. Yeah. Study peanut butter and bananas diet. Peanut butter and bananas, man. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, I like people, you know, like watching me and like, you know, oh, this guy, he's not going to do anything. You know, this is our time to get by and stuff like that. And they just come in, spot up, dart, make some guys swing and miss. And then next thing you know, the game's over and 12, 15 pitches. So I'm a guy that thinks about the game. I've never had overpowering stuff. So I've always had to outsmart guys or, um, you know, keep guys on their toes, keep hitters on their toes for sure. That's That's been my bread and butter. So. But usually when I go out there and I'm throwing 75 to 80 in my warm pitches, I'm speaking, you know, for other hitters that I've known or played with that are on uh, opponent teams now. I'm like, bro, when we see you out there throwing, we're like, yo, we're going to hammer this kid. And then, you know, next thing you know, three outs is, you know, five minutes away. Yeah. So, Especially coming in after a guy that dominates eight yeah. innings, it's, it really puts even more pressure on the – Closer, like if it's a you know one nothing ball game, and you know let's say Westy throws a you know a gym like he has been, it's yeah. one nothing going into the you know top of the ninth, and here comes Raf, and he's got a lot of pressure on him. He may yeah. he may look you know cool, calm, and collected on the surface, but his boy just went yeah. eight <laughs> scoreless. You know, like he can't. He don't want to. He wants him. He wants to get him that win. And he's yeah. got you putting all this extra pressure on him. Right <laughs> well, now. yeah. And then then you got me saying stuff like this on the radio, and he's like, "Oh, great! This is really how you think." Pressure's always been a fun thing to me. I've always liked the excited moments, the adrenaline going. I've always been, you know, even when I was little, five years old, trying to get on like you know roller coasters and stuff like that. My parents are like, "Yo, you've always been nuts since you've been little." But um, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, I know I haven't been up to you know my par of playing this season but you know this is still new the turf is something that i'm still trying to get used to um you know i think it's different compared to playing on oh, yeah, dirt fields sure. and stuff like that um i've never played in weather like this i've been a florida guy i mean the coldest i've ever played in is maybe north carolina in high a and it was maybe 69 degrees 68 degrees you know at night so it really wasn't that bad but um I'm getting used to it now, and I'm, I'm starting to feel a lot more confident. You know, the team's behind us. We're starting to hit the ball a lot harder and stuff like that, regardless of how the games are playing out. Um, it's still early, man. I, yeah. I, it's still super early. Yeah, long season ahead Yeah, I think, I think guys were pressing more in the beginning, you know, uh, just worried about trying to make a squad and stuff like that and just not playing. But uh, I think we're all comfortable now. We're starting to play better baseball. Clubhouse is still, you know, good environment. Everyone's getting along. There's, I, we're going we're gonna to start pulling around. Yeah. So... And we record this, we're three weeks into the year. How long does it take you guys to to feel like you're comfortable with the season? It is a long season, but I mean, it kind of sneaks up on you fast. Suddenly, you look up and you realize we're almost halfway through it, and not now, but uh, not too far from now. Uh, I mean, at what point do you really feel comfortable in the clubhouse with all these new teammates every year? Uh, like you said, on a new field and a new stadium sometimes, um, and and just getting into the routine. At what point do you start feeling comfortable? I wouldn't say we've we've been like comfortable. I mean, you can never really get too comfortable in a season, I especially mean, especially in pro ball because I mean it's a job. You know that. Yeah, you know, you're getting evaluated every day. Every day, the way you lift, the anything, the way you walk the way to you the look. clubhouse, the way you're dressed, everything. Yeah. So I don't think you really get too comfortable, but I just think we're comfortable now with uh, everybody seeing their roles and how hard we're working now. Now that we're kind of settled yeah. in, so more like you know, for a pitcher guy, relievers out there, you know. Uh, working on flat ground drills and stuff like that now instead of trying to just get off the mound. 
um, guys out there throwing long toss because they threw two days in a row. They know this is their long toss day. Be ready for tomorrow. Stuff like that instead of guys being kind of skeptic, like, oh, I may throw every day, this and that. Um, but, yeah, I don't think we – you can't really get too comfortable in a pro Blair's ball season. A, Blair's a good guy to have in the clubhouse, though. He, uh, I think he keeps everyone pretty loose. He's always singing and dancing and yeah. just doing some – some I think weird it, things, playing it, cards, whatever. So he kind of keeps the environment loose, and I feel like that's what helps us. Him and Larry, Larry keeps it loose too. Yeah, yeah. you gotta have you gotta have guys like that. I mean, I try to you know come here with a good attitude all the time because it gets stressful. You yeah, know, people. It does. Uh, you you can put together a couple bad nights, and you know you think your your job's on the line. Worrying about your job, yeah, exactly. And that's not the case. Like you hit balls hard or and they're outs i mean it's baseball yeah. I mean, we're making loud outs lately. yeah loud outs. i mean you can put you can paint balls on the black and they get you know hit for homers yeah i mean it is what it is you can't be perfect every time yeah. you could look at ransom right now i mean his spirits have seemed a little bit down um, but he's hitting the ball hard. It's literally yeah. just at he everyone. Had, he had two balls last two night. Two balls that would have been gone, gone any other no night. Win, yeah. yeah, he had two homers in normal last week. If, mm -hmm. if we were in normal last night, probably another two homers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was probably on cloud nine in normal, and, you know, now he's, you know, catching a couple bad breaks. But those balls were peace last night, too. Yeah. They were I not. Mean, you got you to be like one of those guys that you see that and you just go up to him and you say, hey, we know you're going to get out of it. Like, we're not worried. That's yeah. just and, how baseball works. And Yeah. I don't know why it's that way, but it, yeah, it happens. It ain't fair, but it's... You can catch an 0 for 30 or a 28 <laughs> for 30. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Well, on that hopeful note, we're going to wrap things up here. Thanks a lot uh, to all of you. I'm, I'm happy to have you with me here for the first Bolts of the Roundtable this year. Blair Beck, I know you'll be back because uh, you're going you're gonna to make sure of it. Co-hosting this thing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's me and you. You're here, Let's do it. You're here every time if you want to be. Uh, Tyler Shrove, Devin Raftery, hope you guys are back at some point in the future as well. Thanks for stopping awesome. by. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Thank you. Blair Beck, Tyler Shrove, Devin Raftery. I'm Terry Bonadonna. We'll talk to you again next time on Bolts of the Roundtable.